0: It is 1pm Easter Monday here in Salford. How are you this afternoon? Hope you're well. I hope you had a fantastic Easter Sunday and that you're in good shape and good form. You can get in touch with me during this programme via the website richieallen.co.uk. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you.
1: Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show.
2: It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, there's no better day than this one to be doing this because it is miserable in Salford. We've gotten that weather system which has come across... The Atlantic has hit Ireland and now it's hit the UK so it's bloody miserable out there so great time to be sitting here chatting with you. Going to have a news rundown There's a few stories we can chat about. As I said I hope you get involved via the website to share your opinions with me and other listeners that's richieallen.co.uk You might be listening on the app Today, don't send a message via the app. You can start to do that from tomorrow, but don't do it today, okay? From tomorrow. If you'd like to reach me today, use the website or use uh, Twitter. BBG Richie is my handle on Twitter. So that's the best way to reach me this Easter Monday bank holiday. Yeah, it's lovely. Lovely to be with you and so much to get through between now. And I reckon round about 2.30pm, so about 90 minutes, I reckon, today. I've never done a bank holiday... Well, The Richie Allen Show, eight and a half years. I've always taken the bank holiday off. However, in lieu of the fact that I will be taking my spring break next week, I thought I'd come on today and have a chat with you today. So, yeah, that's why I'm here. And as I said already twice, it's, it, it bears repeating again. I really am glad to be with you today. Yes, Super Mario, apparently, is the film that they're all going to see. Or they have been going to see Over the Bank Holiday Weekend. I was a big fan of Super Mario the game as a young lad. Were you, did you play that game? Did you play other games? Were you a Sonic the Hedgehog? It's like Blur or Oasis. Are you Blur or Oasis? Well, I can be too. No, you can't be. It's either Blur or Oasis. It was kind of like that in the mid-90s, early 90s, with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and Super Mario. But the new Super Mario Brothers movie, which has been panned by the critics... Doesn't seem to matter what the critics say. Has uh, had a record-breaking weekend, scoring the most successful global opening of all time. Wait for it for an animated film. Yes, three hundred and seventy-seven million dollars around the world in its first five days on release. That's what they're going to see in the cinemas, which are packed with little ones and their parents. They're hurried. ...and harangued parents chasing them around, you little bollockses. Where are you going? Take your hand out of that pick and mix! And all of that sort of stuff. Okay, right, let's start with uh, Keir Starmer, who, according to the BBC, he is the Labour leader. We don't need the BBC to confirm that. He's the Labour Party leader, of course... And he says he stands by attacking the Conservative Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, with a series of negative ads. It's gone very Americana in UK politics recently. Labour leader... Starmer doubling down on a controversial attack on Sunak's record on crime, saying, I stand by every word. You might have seen this advertisement. On the ad, it's pictured, uh, there is a photograph of Rishi Sunak, and the ad claims that Sunak did not think adults convicted of child sex assaults should go to prison. And he's written in the Daily Mail, has Keir Starmer okay, backing this position, no matter how squeamish it might make some feel. That's a direct quote from Starmer. He says, I stand by the ad, quote, no matter how squeamish it might make some feel. The Tories are not happy. They say that when Starmer was director of public prosecutions, he failed to, quote, prosecute some of the worst people in Britain, quote. I wonder, do they mean Jimmy Savile? Maybe they do. Anyway, so this very American thing would have been a big, you know, wouldn't have been so prominent in UK politics over the years. In his Daily Mail piece, Starmer blames the government for a number of failures on crime, highlighting low prosecution rates for rape, importantly, and burglary. Okay? Now, Emily Thornbury is the shadow Attorney General. She's a Labour MP. And a pal of Keir Starmer. She was on Radio 4 this morning talking about this. And this is a very interesting series of audio clips I've got for you here now. Listen to Thornbury speaking to BBC Radio 4's Today programme this morning. Thornbury.
3: What. The sentencing guidelines suggest is that not all child sex abusers should get an automatic prison sentences. Those are the sentencing guidelines set down by the Mm. relevant institution, the Sentencing Council. Yes, Keir Starmer was a member of that institution when it set down
0: those guidelines. Did he object at the time? Very good. So the BBC presenter says, right, Starmer is bitching about Sunak, the Prime Minister, not wanting to prosecute people who have committed sexual offenses against children. However, Starmer was part of a panel of legal eagles back in the day who took the decision that not all sex offenders need to be prosecuted. This is good. What does Thornberry say?
4: There is a proactive role that Parliament can take. Did you object is at the time? I wasn't in the meeting and I don't know what you're talking
0: about. Oh, I mean- uh, you do. Keep that in mind. She says, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I know that he was on well, the sentencing guidance, guidance, guidance yeah, so, counsel, because it was well, set, it was, it was was set up in... Twi- yeah, yeah, so
3: he was on it in 2012 when they came mm. up with precisely the guidelines that you are now objecting to that allow some sex offenders of children not to go to prison. Those were passed in 2012. And circumstances? And in what circumstances? and in what circumstances. But those guidelines were passed by Keir Starmer and I'm just wondering whether at the time they were passed by a sentencing council of which he was a member, did he object? Did he object? What does she say? I mean, it's a reasonable question,
4: I isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know the details of it, otherwise I would answer it. Um, so I don't know the details of what the exact guidance is in relation to the, to, the, to the sentencing council, but I do know this, that it is open to Parliament to set minimum and maximum sentences. And, it is, and what we want to do is to have a minimum of seven years for rape, for example. Yeah. You know, so, but, to but get on, on, the, this. on
3: this advert, though, do you think adults convicted of sexually assaulting children should go to prison? Rishi Sunak doesn't. Are, are you saying that in every case under Labour, in every case, an adult convicted of sexually assaulting a child will go to prison? Well,
4: our view is is that that should be the default position. Absolutely.
0: Right. The default position, says Emily Thornbury. Now, she was lying to the BBC presenter this morning when she said she didn't know too much about what Starmer did when he was Director of Public Prosecutions, and he was on a panel that came to the decision that not all offenders against children should receive uh, um, jail sentences, jail terms, right? She said that I don't know too much about that. She's lying. And we find out she's lying a little bit later on, on LBC Radio, about two hours later. Chris Bryant, this is astonishing, LBC mid-morning programme today was presented, that's radio, was presented by Chris Bryant, a Labour MP. I won't go on and on about it. I've bitched about this for about four years. A Labour MP was this morning presenting a news programme. Would you believe it, Michelle rang in. And Michelle predominantly rang in, or primarily rang in, to complain about this kind of gutter attack, this kind of American kind of sleazy politics, making claims that Rishi Sunak doesn't want to prosecute child rapists. Wait till you hear what emerges in the conversation.
5: I'm, I'm, I'm not happy at all with the Labour of CAC ads. Unfortunately, I know you say fight fire with fire, but I don't think this is the right way to go around it because people really need to have positivity they need to have hope unfortunately i think this is the wrong lines to go down and also where you spoke about earlier that there may be another ad coming out about rape cases i I just want to point out unfortunately i think you're going to shoot yourselves in the foot because i've just found a document here which is from emily formbury mp hello
0: i've just found a doc Document here from Emily Thornberry, MP. What document is that?
5: From 2012. When she from
0: 2012?
5: She was the Labour Shadow Attorney General.
0: She still is, amazingly. Mm.
5: And it's where she's written to the Director of Public Prosecutions, Keir Starmer QC.
0: What? She wrote to Keir Starmer back in 2012 when she was Shadow Attorney General? Amazing, she had amnesia about this on BBC Radio 4 this morning.
5: About the urgent. Rethink of the Crown Prosecution Service decision to weaken guidelines that specialist barristers must have to deal with rape prosecution.
0: Wow, Carlsberg doesn't do bombshells, but if it did, it couldn't beat that bombshell. So, Emily Thornbury's telling the BBC this morning that she doesn't really know, she wasn't in the room, and can't really speak about what Starmer did to weaken the powers of prosecuting sexual offenders. But, 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 Thornbury herself wrote to Starmer back in 2012. She couldn't have forgotten that. Not to mention the BBC production team should be shot because that must be in the public domain. It must have been written about in The Guardian and The Independent. Amazing this, isn't it?
5: So unfortunately, if people only go back further and look and find the details, unfortunately sometimes... Chris
0: Bryant, the Labour MP who was presenting this programme, I know Ford of right? He's very quiet isn't he?
5: Other people's fingerprints are on it and that Sir Keir Starmer and he says the Labour the Party, the buck stops with him but if you go back into the details you can find there is evidence where when he was the Director of Public Prosecutions, he also weakened prosecutions of rape
6: So your attack on the Labour Party for doing personal
0: attacks No, I'm- She's not attacked the Labour Party at all she's a Labour Party supporter this is the MP Chris Bryant, again, amazingly, presenting a news programme. She hasn't attacked the Labour Party. She's just pointed out, you've put an ad in the public domain alleging that the Prime Minister, who is an arsehole, and I'm sure he doesn't care about, you know, criminals who abuse children, I'm sure he doesn't, but neither do you, Chris Bryant. I don't mean you personally, but neither neither does your does your political party as evidenced by the fact that Emily Thornby was writing to Starmer back in 2012, asking him not to weaken these guidelines, not to make a decision to not sentence some sex offenders to Prison terms. Mad stuff this, isn't it? I'm not attacking
5: you. I'm not attacking you at all. Oh, I I'm just trying to say you have to pay attention to your own detail. If you're going to throw out attack lines against the Tory party, make sure you're all over the detail behind it. Yeah,
0: make sure you check the skeletons in your own closet there, Christopher
5: because that's where as i say all i've done is i've just been able to find where okay. one of our own labor MPs has written to our current leader back when he was director of public prosecution yeah yeah no, i get about the point them weak- we
0: can't wait to get her off
5: weakening rape prosecutions mm-hmm. he, he was he was in charge of it at the time she wrote to him well, about the if either Keir or the Emily wants,
6: sorry, sorry, Michelle, I didn't mean to cut you off, but if,
0: but, but you did mean to cut her off. Wait, wait till you hear what he says now. He's a Labour MP for for Rhonda. He's just about to say, if Starmer or Thornbury are listening, you can ring in for right of reply. This is pure vaudeville. If either Keir or Emily want to ring in, and uh, oh my
6: God, uh, explain all of that. I'm, uh, we'd be happy to hear from, uh, mm, uh, uh. from them. Um,
0: thank you very much, uh, Michelle. Yeah, thank you very much, Michelle. None of them, not a single political party, gives a damn about the victims of child sexual abuse be under no illusion. It's 13 minutes past the hour. This is Monday's Richie Allen Show, slightly earlier time. I'm Richie Allen. Get in touch. I'm sure you've got something to say on that. It's my website, richieallen.co.uk, and it is Comment Live. Comment Live, please do it to me. Please do it to me. Talk to me this Bank Holiday Monday. Something a little bit more amusing because there's nothing funny at all about um, about um, child sexual abuse. But isn't it a shame, before we move on, that Emily Thornberry didn't have the courage to tell the BBC earlier that she had written to Starmer, her leader now, when he wasn't in politics, when he was the Director of Public Prosecutions over ten years ago, to complain about the part that he was playing in watering down laws and making it more difficult to jail sex offenders. This is absolute mad stuff, this, isn't it? How could the BBC not know that this morning, that she'd written to to Starmer? Uh, you know, I was a producer once. That wouldn't have gotten by me 14 minutes past the hour. This is serious. It's not funny. Either Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, another Egypt, um, has... I'll read the headline from the Mail Online. Braverman blasts police force for sending five officers to seize collection of Gollywog dolls from Family Pub as Home Office source warns they shouldn't be involved in this nonsense. That's a bloody mouthful of a headline there. So you probably read about this. It's about a pub called the White Hart Inn, which is in Greys in Essex. It was invaded by five or six, five or six police officers who came in to confiscate a collection of gollywog dolls, saying that there was a suspected hate crime being committed. As long as the gollywog dolls were on display. This is mad stuff, right? So Braverman has scolded this police force in Essex for sending five officers to the pub to seize the gollywogs. She is said to have been furious, according to the Mail Online, about the approach from the police, which saw them question the pub owner, uh, Bernice Riley. Is it Denise or Bernice Riley? And uh, she's told Essex police bosses that they should be focusing on catching real criminals rather than seizing toys. You just can't make this stuff up, can you? (laughs) <laughs> they went in gangbusters into a pub, and told the publican, the landlord and landlady, "Listen, we're seizing these gollywogs under, And I'm sure they cited the act. I don't know what the act is, but they normally do that, don't they? They give in well under the Offences Against uh, Minorities Act of 1999. We're seizing these gollywogs. We we suspect a hate crime is being committed. We are seizing these gollywogs. We we can't no 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 we can't tell you when you might get them back, we can't. They're going straight into evidence when we get back to the station. This is mad stuff. And this morning speaking to LBC radio was Harry Miller. He's a former police officer and he is the current CEO of an organisation called Fair Cop. Let's hear Harry Miller. Gullies
7: cannot commit a hate crime.
0: Wonderful. I'm going to cut that bit out and use that as a meme, as a sting for the rest of my radio days. Gullies as in golly cannot commit a hate crime
7: gullies cannot commit a
0: hate crime i'm sorry about this but you're going to have to indulge me i know it's live radio and i know it's completely unprofessional but i'm just going to keep playing this jingle for another five or ten minutes gullies cannot commit a hate crime amazing i mean this is wisdom isn't it this is pure wisdom gullies Cannot commit a hate crime. Oh, go on. Let me do it one more time. i let it run then. Gollies cannot commit
7: a hate crime. Why? They cannot. You cannot be a golly and commit a hate crime. You, you ca- cannot be
0: a golly and commit a hate crime. You cannot
7: own a golly and that's be a hate right. crime. Well,
0: well th- this is the crux of it now because apparently owning a golly might very well be a hate crime. You insensitive bastard. Do you not know that black people might be offended by you owning a golly? Well, I wasn't planning on, you know, running up to every black person I met to, to tell them that I have a collection of gollywogs. I wasn't planning on doing that kind of a thing. But anyway, let's hear more from Harry. Um Harry Miller, yeah. Well if, it, if it's
3: but if it's a symbol of something that is racist.
0: This this is Andrew Castle, the worst tennis player that ever lived working for LBC. Then that is bias motivated potentially. If it's a symbol of racism, it is bias motivated. How do you even unpack that? So they're guilty of some sort of unconscious bias by owning the Gollywogs. Essentially, or prejudice-motivated?
7: Bias and prejudice are not within the purview of the police. The police have got three jobs to do. They're there to save life, to protect property, and to pursue criminals. They are not there to be the guardians of good taste. They're not there to be the guardians of which toys are and which toys are not acceptable. Suella so Braverman is absolutely correct to be apoplectic over this, but the answer is this. We need to see some high-level chief constables sacked and put on the dole because the police force are out of control and they remain out of control. It's less than a year since I was arrested and thrown in a cell for several hours over, over the posting of a meme of a trans flag. This is where we are. The police continue to see themselves as the arbiters of God, see themselves as cultural warriors, and to try and impose upon the rest of us some crazed ideology, which they consider to be pure.
0: Yeah, which they consider to be pure. They seized the gollywogs. The time is 19 minutes past one. This Easter Monday, Bank Holiday Weekend. Happy Easter, one and all. It's the BBG with you till around about 2.30pm this afternoon. So much more to chat about other stories too. Funny stories, some of them, some of them more serious. Get in touch with me via the website richieallen.co.uk and leave a comment or... You can drop me a message via Twitter. It's at BBG Richie on Twitter.
2: To all the listeners who have become loyal customers of Immunex 365 since we launched in October last year, we would like to say a big thank you. Because of your continued support, we have been able to introduce our second product. This unique supplement is formulated specifically to reduce pain caused by joint inflammation. Our organic turmeric-based supplement contains a substantial amount of the active ingredient curcumin, as well as a black pepper extract which massively increases its bioavailability and thereby reaching the inflamed area faster. If you are suffering from joint pain, go to nutrahealth 365com for specific details on how our joint health supplement can help give you relief. That's nutrahealth 365com with free tracked delivery.
1: You're listening to the saviour of independent media, Richie Allen.
0: Right, more news, more analysis, more opinion after this from Phil Collins. Great song this. Phil Collins, you can't hurry, love, on the Richie Allen Show. Monday, the 10th of April, 2023, Easter Monday. Do you see this? I was watching the football yesterday. Arsenal played Liverpool. Good game. Arsenal dominated the first half. Liverpool came back into it. It was a very good 2-2 draw, very exciting. But at some stage during the game, it, it appeared that one of the assistant referees, we used to call them linesmen back in the day, appeared to elbow... The Liverpool defender, Andy Robertson, who is, I think he's the Scotland captain. Did you see that? It all kind of kicked off there, made me laugh. They've stood down the assistant referee, Constantine... Hatsidakis, H-A-T-Z-I-D-A-K-I-S, Hatsidakis or Hatsidakis or something like that, yeah. So they stood him down. You've never seen anything like it. The player was uh, incensed at some decision that happened during the game and chased the assistant referee, came up behind him, and he just kind of threw the elbow at him. So yeah, mad, mad times, mad times. Speaking of mad times, by the way, let's talk about this for a moment. Did you see this? This made me laugh. Police were called to a disturbance at Manchester's Palace Theatre during the Bodyguard Musical after audience members tried to sing over the cast. Have you seen this? It uh, happened late last week. I think it happened on Thursday night or Friday. The theatre goers were tweeting about this all over the shop, right, so they were tweeting out saying the show at the City's Palace Theatre was stopped ten minutes before the end because people were singing over the lead during the final song. I can only imagine the final song in the Bodyguard musical to be I Will Always Love You, Dolly's song, of course, covered memorably by Whitney Houston in the movie. Two people were removed from the venue, according to GMP Greater Manchester Police. Six officers attended, and lots of images on social media showed two police cars and a transit van outside the theatre following the incident on Friday. It was Friday. Yeah, hilarious. And this has sparked great debate today. (laughs) As to... People people have been debating today what is acceptable and what is not acceptable at a theatrical performance, whether it be a musical like Mamma Mia or The Bodyguard or, or, or Pantomime. What is acceptable? Well, look, I've never been... I wouldn't call myself cultured now, but also I'm not uncultured, if I can say that. I do love the theatre, but not musical theatre. I would love to... I used to watch a lot of plays... Love plays, but not for a long time. Something I hope to remedy in the future with The Misses. But um, I'd like to think that, you know, I understand the etiquette of a theatre. Just shut up, keep quiet. Don't eat anything. Certainly do not check your telephone when the performance is live. Just don't. Sit still and shut up is, you know, how I was brought up. But today they're just going mad now. You can imagine it in... The Palace Theatre on, on Friday night, people singing I Will Love You over the lead, whose name I can't remember, but I think she was in the Pussycat Dolls, but they've been talking about this this morning. It is a bank holiday Monday. It's not the thing we normally talk about on the Richie Allen Show, but it made me laugh. Here's Debbie Arnold who is an actress. She was on Good Morning Britain talking about this today.
1: During the show, you've got to sit and watch. These people have trained for years. Musical artists are, the, I think, the best in the world. They work so hard. They're like Olympic athletes. It must be very...
8: They're like Olympic athletes. very hard for an actor to kind of stay in character. This is, this is Richard Maidley or Alan Partridge. Whether they're singing or whether they're, they're speaking lines, to so stay in character when you've got some half-wit six rows back, Singing, shouting, yeah. spouting your lines. Well, while I you're think the thing is.
1: is, Richard, that the problem that you have with that is that people don't think they think they're watching TV. They think they're at uh-huh. home. They don't realise that you on stage can see them. Yeah, a lifetime and can ban, a ban, though. A lifetime yes, ban. Yes, I think a life-
0: lifetime. ban. <laughs>
1: lifetime ban.
0: Unless they apologise. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. I mean, no, I, unless-, unless you apologise. If you apologise, we might let you back in after a period of time for you to reflect on your bad behaviour. But if you don't, lifetime ban.
7: They,
1: they should apologise no, because I, they've got no etiquette. I got they done for
7: speeding speed in and I only got a 12-month ban. And <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I serious? And it's a football, not it to be laughed at. It's a, a, a serious thing. No, one. it is. You're right, right. Speeding is a
7: serious thing and you shouldn't do it. But footballers, they get a three-match ban. A lifetime ban from a the theatre is a but little people bit... people should
1: apologise, or they should do like they do or with speedy. Or you speed. get
7: them put them on the stage and let them sing that song to everybody in the audience. Oh,
1: you find. fine. But,
0: but the narcissism reigns in society. They'd be delighted, wouldn't they, if they were invited up on stage to have a go. I'm sure they'd just say, yeah, happy days.
1: Them and you say, right, you've got to pay for the tickets of the people that sat around you whose night you ruined. Well, that's exactly right. And Here,
0: I... Here's one from, from...
8: We haven't talked about this, but these damn things. Karen... These damn things. He means mobile phones. Uh, says on on Twitter. Where is it? It's disappeared now. Uh, anyway, she said that she she was at the theatre and every two minutes somebody sitting behind her the phone went off. Yeah, hello. No, I can't talk. No. The
4: theater,
1: no. Brr,
8: brr, yep. Every two but minutes.
1: Every night when you're on stage, you know, somebody in the audience has forgotten to turn their phone off. Yeah. I was in. I was once in a play where somebody actually got onto the stage and used the charger on the stage <gasps> for their phone because they joking. thought it was real. no. Yeah. You're joking! So, you know, these things Did you happen. carry on? No, is
7: no, it, no of really
1: just sort of went.
0: God, they're very hysterical. Somebody jumped on stage and plugged their mobile phone charger into a socket on the stage. That's wonderful. Let's hear from Biggins.
1: Singing along <laughs> is part of what I think people sometimes expect.
0: Yeah. But it's... Especially Mamma Mia.
1: Especially Mamma Mia.
0: You know, I mean, they all
6: join in on uh, in a show like that.
1: Do you think they should be banned? I think people it's a who very difficult one. Singing. I,
6: well, you know, I, I think if it's a serious piece or a serious musical, then I think it is a a bit annoying. But I think if it's Mamma Mia, I mean, that's what you're expecting. But somewhere. it's not
8: just... Dist- the thing is, as we've been discovering this morning, we've had some very funny messages, although at the time it wasn't funny. Um, it's not just singing along. It's people throwing up because they're, they're so drunk, they're throwing up into their neighbour's lap, they're vomiting. We had a great story from, from, from one of our guests earlier, an actress who said that she was on stage. There was a stage prop, which was a plug-in charger, <laughs> and a member of the audience came and plugged the phone in in the middle of the performance.
0: <laughs> the
1: stage! Well, uh, well, have, you, have you had any moments? I mean, you
6: must have done... Oh, yes, millions and millions. I mean, you know, but... The- They've
0: started allowing chavs and scallies into into theatrical venues that's the problem really if you keep chavs and I'm a working class boy from Ballybeg in Waterford and I'm proud of it but I'm not a chav and neither are the people I grew up with in Ballybeg we just wouldn't do that there is a new class of chav now i i wonder is it down to the obsession with the, with the self which is in some way blamable on Mobile technology and stuff. But, anyway.
6: I mean, the thing is that, it, it, and it's the audience love it too. You know, I remember being in a in a, a production of Cluedo, and I was being interrogated by the inspector. I was playing uh, Reverend Green, and uh, we're in the theatre, and suddenly a butterfly came on and landed on my nose, <laughs> and we did the scene with, with the, still with the butterfly. And the audience then started to laugh. I bet they did. And yeah. it flew away, and then landed on the inspector's nose.
1: It and,
0: is you know, funny
6: things like that, you oh, know? But that. I think
1: the the point you make about the alcohol and the theatres need to sell it because yeah. you know they need to make money
0: so they need to make a few bob let's give the final word to charles brunton he was speaking to bbc breakfast he's an actor and he wonders if lockdowns have altered people's behavior not sure about this but it's certainly interesting charles brunton
9: i just think we need to be reminded about theatre in general we never yeah. had these problems these conversations before the pandemic it seems to be regular basis since, since theatres have reopened up, but I just would love everyone to remember that. I mean, the world's quite a scary place at the moment, right? These are the two hours you've got, you've paid for your ticket, you've got two hours to sit in your seat and escape your troubles. Turn off your phone, t- sit in that seat that's cost you money, so enjoy it, <laughs> and let us tell you the story. Don't try and become part of it, because also even shows like Mamma Mia, you rehearse for months before you go into actually live performances. You won't just turn up and sing an Abba song and know the words to it. Every single beat of the song has got about 10 acting notes, 10 musical direction notes, the choreography on top of that. Okay. There's so much detail goes to every single second of a show. We're not just up there having a go. So please sit back and enjoy us telling you a story so that when you leave the theatre that day, you've got your RIP ticket, you've got your programme and a little bit of love in your heart maybe.
0: Yeah, you you cannot blame the advent of smart technology on selfish individualism, but This is just a punt, I'm going to have a punt now, I don't know if this is true, but I reckon if you really studied it, properly studied it, you might find that there there was a real growth in selfish individualism around about the time that mobile phones became, and particularly smartphones with cameras, particularly smartphones and tablets with cameras, that there was a big rise in narcissism and selfish individualism. That's what I'm prepared to bet. I see examples of this all of the time. Yesterday morning was Easter Sunday, okay? Now, around about 25 minutes past nine, Easter Sunday morning, I heard an electric saw kind of um, of sputter into life across the street from me. Now, it wouldn't affect the broadcast. Gotta get that out there straight away. The studio here is incredibly well insulated, Nothing that goes on outside is really picked up inside the studio. So that's not what worried me. What what, what concerned me and I've had this out with neighbours previously in, in, in other in other areas where we lived was what sort of dickhead thinks on any Sunday morning, let alone Easter Sunday morning thinks it's appropriate to start sawing wood or blocks of stone or whatever outside your house. What are so thinks that's okay? I used to have fun with my neighbours in Fallowfield. We all got on well, but there were things I wouldn't tolerate. You know, if you live in the inner city, right, there's never a moment when someone isn't renovating their house. There, There's never a time when, when some, You get no peace from it in the city. And there are people who listen to this and they might say, well, well, you you choose to live in the city, therefore you must expect to have to cope with this stuff. Well, no, not on Saturday afternoons from 1 o'clock until Monday morning. And most local authorities have very good laws around this, that you must stop the building 1.30, I think it is, on a Saturday afternoon, and not recommence until 8am on Monday. I was a real stickler for this when we lived in Fallowfield. Pretty much everywhere around us, there was somebody building. And I put a stop to the Sunday morning stuff. I just put a stop to it. I said, I'm not putting up with that. You've got all week to do your banging and your digging. You're not going to do it on Sunday. But yeah, yesterday morning, a guy started up a saw. And just before I could put my trainers on to walk across the street, to very politely, because I approach people properly, to say to the guy, listen, man, what, what are you thinking of? You know? Do you not give any consideration to the people who live around you? Your neighbours. You know, the people who you share your life with, who you might need sometime to do you a favour. But before I did, I think somebody else had a pop at the guy. And the sawing stopped as quick as it had started. Silly story that. But selfish individualism reigns. I, totally, I, I can totally understand the evolution of the theatre gore. In the era of selfish individualism, where somebody thinks it's appropriate to start singing And I, I will always love you, oh I love you, it wouldn't occur to the person that that's completely unacceptable and that there are other people around you trying to enjoy the performance. Mad stuff, isn't it? Mad stuff. Uh, the time is 24 minutes to the top of the hour. I'm, I'm, normally I'm a very good singer. I was exaggerating there to make myself sound bad. He says, yeah. Hi to Dory. Hi Dory. Hi to Dean who says, Happy Easter, Richie. Growing up in the 70s and 80s, eating Robertson's jam sandwiches, can you direct me to where I need to pay reparations? I'm not familiar with uh, Robertson's jam sandwiches, but I'm presuming somewhere there was a gollywog on the label. Dean, help me out. Hi to William who says do you ever feel that any moment now you will wake up and find the past three years was one mad dream or nightmare rather we can live in hope, says William. No, I have. I hold out no hope William whatsoever. Is that I will wake up and everything will be normal again like that whole season of Dallas that disappeared and Bobby Ewing came back. No, I, 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 I wish I could even hold on to that much. The possibility that this is a a nightmare. No, it's very real. Hi to Stephen Chadwick, who says, Good afternoon from down under. Uh, Hi, Stephen. Nice to hear from you. Uh, Dory says, As far as Richie's conversation, I can't... Can I ask you a favour, all of you? Don't um, anybody take this personally. I'm tired of asking this. Before you post a comment that you expect me to read out on air, can you please read it back out loud yourself? Read it out loud. And adjust the sentences accordingly. Because some of the stuff you sent to me, I can't read it out because it makes no sense. Please, please, people. It's Easter Monday. Patricia says, My mum has a gollywog badge on her fridge freezer. She's had it for many a good year. By the way, my lovely mum loves everyone and everyone loves my mum. She says we all bleed. Red, And Peter came on to say, Happy Easter Monday, Richie and all. On the Gollywogs thing, it's pure madness what happened in Grey's Essex in the pub. It's a divide and conquer tactic coming to the surface once again. If it wasn't true, I'd be cracking up. And Sweeper came on to say, I've got loads of Gollywog badges, the full set and other stuff. Folks got them, or purchased them, because they love them, says Sweeper in block capitals. No racism involved, says Sweeper. And hi to Hank. Hi Hank, nice to hear from you. It is the Richie Allen Show, Monday, Easter Monday, the 10th of April 2023. I'm Richie Allen, and I was going to take another tune, but I won't. I'll just dive straight into another story, because there's many stories today lots of stuff to talk about today this is very serious if you live in the uk and you are waiting for treatment on the nhs right the national health service and um, people this is skynews.com people are being urged to avoid risky behavior as emergency and urgent care will be prioritized over routine appointments and treatment during this week's junior Doctors strike. Right, thousands of doctors are on strike for the next four days. It'll begin early tomorrow, Tuesday, and run through until the early hours of Saturday, bringing immense pressures to staff and to services, according to the National Medical Director of NHS England, a guy called Professor Stephen Powis. The health body said appointments and operations will only be cancelled where it is unavoidable, following an estimate by the NHS Confederation that it might affect some 250,000 to 350,000 patients. Matthew Taylor is the chief executive of the NHS Confederation. He's speaking to LBC Radio here and reckons it's going to be an incredibly tough week. You think so?
10: Um, you know, we we estimated at least 250,000 cancellations. I think the NHS itself is suggesting it might be as high as 350,000. And, you know, behind every one of those statistics is somebody who's been waiting some time. They have concerns about their health. They're in pain. Uh, and I know from my own family that when uh, an appointment gets cancelled, it's an enormous blow. So that's 350,000 really, you know, bad uh, uh, events for the people who are uh, affected. And... From people I represent, leaders in the health service, to have to cancel appointments, operations at at the last minute. Um, It goes against everything that we want to do. So uh, we're dreading uh, the next few days. It's going to have a huge uh, impact. And whilst we'll do everything we can to maintain urgent and emergency care, and I'm confident that we will broadly be able to do that, what will effectively stop is the elective care, the uh, outpatients appointment. And that means that we will not be able to make inroads into that huge waiting list.
3: How can you you guarantee the safety of patients if you're not working and there's 47,000 doctors who won't be?
10: So uh, I don't think we can guarantee that. Uh, We will, uh, uh, managers in the health service will do everything they can to try to reorganise things. Consultants. We hope we'll step up and take the place of junior doctors. So we'll put every, do everything we can, as we always do in these strike situations. And of course, we've been having strikes for months now in the health service. Uh, we'll do everything we can to maintain those urgent emergency services. But if you're saying to me, is there a risk to patient safety? Yes, there is. If you're saying to me, is there a risk to patient dignity in terms of us being able to provide the level of care? Yes, mm. there is.
0: There is. Simple as that, says uh, Matthew Taylor, the NHS Confederation Chief executive. Look, I'm a trade unionist. I cannot criticise doctors or nurses for going on strike. I just can't. But the consequences of it are dreadful. In particular, when you take into account that for the best part of two and a half years, the National Health Service shut its doors to everybody except people who allegedly had COVID. That's how insane things are. Yeah. Good God. Drop me a message, RichieAllen.co.uk, please. That's my website, RichieAllen.co.uk. If you prefer, drop it to me via Twitter, B B G Richie. It's at B B G Richie on the twitter thing kelly says hi kelly my observation is that it's middle class woke types who are guilty of thinking the world revolves around them i live in woke central i sleep in the front room because of my woke neighbors teenage brats making such a racket my neighbors who rent or are in housing association flats are all very considerate middle class people are now living in homes that working class people would have lived in years ago all packed in like sardines. Thanks, Kelly. Lucy says, my neighbours are like that and I had to get environmental health out. Um, his noise started off a few other gardens. If it's not the noise of his TV, it's music blasting inside and outside the house, his dogs barking, which he encourages or he's shouting at the top of his voice. I work and study from home, says Lucy. I can't understand, how some people are totally inconsiderate. Before they moved in my neighbourhood, it was peaceful. Lucy, that rings true to me. I don't know if it was my upbringing. I'm not sure it was. It's just something that is inherently in me. And I think it's inherently in most people. I always think about what I do, about the impact it might have on other people. Always. I'm no saint. I'm no angel. My neighbours will testify to that. I have said to my neighbours before, because I'm slightly deaf, and I listen to my music a bit loud, and I might have it on of an afternoon, I say to them, if it's ever too loud, because I try not to put it up too loud, please give a kick on the wall or knock on the window or on the door and I'll say I'm sorry and I'll turn it down. It's as simple as that. Our dogs are trained. Our dogs do not bark. They do not bark. You, you, you How dare you bring dogs into a household and let them run around screaming and yapping? How dare you not consider the impact of what you are doing is having on other people. How could you be like that? How could you be that person? I don't understand it. I've never been that guy. Never. And luckily enough, my neighbours are fantastic. They are as considerate as we are. Both of them on either side. You know, think about the impact what you are doing is having on other people. It's not much to ask. I I think it's how it used to be, but it's selfish individualism. What idiot thinks it's appropriate to sing at a musical, whether it be the Pirates of Penzance, or whether it be the Mikado. What plonker thinks that the person sitting next to him wants to hear him, and not the trained and very talented performers on stage? A selfish individual dickhead is who. And there are more of them now than there ever were. He says ranting. Marty says Good afternoon, Richie, from a rainy and miserable Saint Helens. It is dreadful today. Listening to your show via the brand new app and it's sounding terrific, says Marty. Thank you, Marty. Hi to Steph, who says, Richie, on a lighter note, I'm going to London to meet up with my two old Irish friends. We are hoping to see a show. I shall make sure to sit in the middle of them in case someone vomits all over me. <laughs> And Dean came back, my pal Dean from Sheffield, to say the gollywog was on Robertson jams and marmalades, he says. I thought that was where it started. Thank you to Dean. And David says, I'm that sort of dickhead, he says in quotes, who might use my chainsaw or circle saw in my garden on any day of the week between eight and five. But I never called somebody who uses the chainsaw between eight and five a dickhead. I said the dickhead is the person who uses the equipment outside of those hours after one o'clock on a Saturday and on Sundays. That's the dickhead. It sounds to me, David, like you're a considerate neighbour cutting logs for winter or sawing wood for a project. It sounds to me like you're considerate. If my neighbour is using a chainsaw or a saw between the hours of eight and five, I've got no grievance whatsoever. Never. No problems with it. There is building going on around us at the moment. But thankfully, it's it's pretty considerate people doing it in normal hours. Not on Sunday mornings. Uh, and hi to Niall McAvoy. Niall, thanks for uh, dropping in on the live chat today. Caroline says, uh, Caroline Feely, too, right, Richie. Sunday should be a day of rest and peace. It pisses me off, too. Our neighbours kept having fires in the day while my washing was out drying. We asked them but they wouldn't put out the fire. I lost the plot, she says, but we still speak, so it's all good. Yeah. And Dory came back to say, if the lyrics of the songs in the theatres were crazy, political, correct, wokeness lyrics, and the audience sang over them, with sensible lyrics. That would be a real story. I was hoping that was the case. However, people's sense of what is appropriate in public has certainly changed with the emergence of mask, Nazis, etc. Thank you, Tory. Oh, what, what am I going to do? Yeah, tune. It's a tune. I need to take a tune. I'm going to have a tune. I'm going to have a jimmy. I'm going to have a little wee-wee. I'm going to the little boys' room to have a wee-wee. You didn't need to know that. I've drunk or drank about a litre and a half of water this morning after my run and I need to relieve myself, so while I do that, you listen to Queen and David Bowie, or Bowie, it's a biscuit, it's a bar, and more news, and more of your comments when I come back too. Queen and David Bowie under pressure. I think I hit a nerve with Nev, I think I hit a nerve. You've bitten Nev, you've bitten, you've gone in early there. He asks, uh, who are the dickheads? Those who think Sunday is any different than any other day, or those who think Sunday is just another day to get something done that needs doing? The dickhead is the guy who begins banging and sawing on a Sunday morning. It is as simple as that. Because since Moses was in short trousers, we have an understanding as human beings that Sunday is a day of rest. And that most people work during the week. Yet yeah, some people work Saturdays too, To make ends meet. Some people even have to work on Sundays. But for the majority, Sunday is a day of rest and peace. And if you don't think, and I don't mean you, Nev, but if a person doesn't think, not even for a second, doesn't occur to him or her at all, I wonder now, at 25 past nine on a Sunday morning, if maybe it's not the best time to turn a power saw on in my backyard. That's the dickhead. The dickhead. I'd have... I don't know if I'd have no problem with it, but if somebody knocked on the door, you know, on Saturday, and said, listen, I'm really up against it regarding this renovation. I'm sorry to tell you, but I I might need to do some work tomorrow. What do you think? I mean, that would be lovely and polite and nice, wouldn't it? And you'd accommodate somebody like that, wouldn't you? Because I'm a very accommodating type of guy. Very approachable guy. Aaron says, my neighbour chopped wood underneath my bedroom window... any time between 2 and 5am frequently. What? You see, I wouldn't put up with that. It wouldn't happen. I guarantee you, nobody is living alongside me and is carrying on like that. It wouldn't last for long. And I'm no tough guy. I'm no thug. I wouldn't put up with it. I had it, as I said, in Fallow Field. When I explained to the people why it was unacceptable, to be fair to them, they agreed. And they said, yes, you know, the, um, local authority laws to prohibit us from doing this on Saturday after one thirty pm and we are prohibited from doing it on Sunday. And I said, well, why do you fucking do it then? You know, there's a reason for these, you know, most laws, I suppose if we think of, if we th- you know, much of what we talk about on the Richie Allen Show, laws are made by tyrants to benefit tyrants. We know this, but there are some laws which make sense. And that is one that makes sense to me. Give us some fucking peace from the banger. You, you can tell it's one I'm very passionate about. Yeah, a few times I've had it. But uh, as I said, particularly in Manchester, and South Manchester, when I approached people nicely, politely, the way I would like to be approached, there's never been an issue. The people have said, fair enough. You're right, actually. Now that I come to think of it like. You are sitting down in your back garden in the sun in May, on a Sunday with a glass of wine. The least you can expect is not to hear banging and chipping and wood sawing on a Sunday. But when it goes on all week long, that's fair enough. And if you're working at home, well, tough shit, Paddy. You know, you make the decision to work at home. The building and the renovating has to be done. So Grace has come on to say, Grace Lee, I'm glad you don't live next door to us, Richie. She says, I'm a great neighbour. My neighbours don't. um, They never hear from me but um yeah i i manners mean a lot to me manners you know and a bit of thoughtfulness mean a lot to me and i practice manners and thoughtfulness i i'd hate to think that i was putting anybody out with um you know with my behavior and and in fact i don't patrizia says i moved into an area last year and the families think it's okay to let their children play football in the street kicking balls against walls, cars, and into gardens. It's unacceptable, says Patrizia. I've Properly opened a can of worms here today, haven't I? And Lindsay says, I've been walking the dogs, only just saw that you were live, Richie. Happy Easter. This will be repeated at 5pm, by the way, this afternoon. At 5pm sharp, I will repeat it. And Diane came on to say, she says, Crap! My gollywog collection will have to be John Wicked under a new concrete floor. And she sends a link to me there. And Lucy Lockett came on to say, Happy Easter Monday. Thanks for broadcasting today. I'm in the pub with the husband and the dog. Bar staff welcome dogs, but children are getting sent to the beer garden or upstairs. (laughs) Yeah. And Kelly says, I wish the BBG lived next door to me to sort out the noisy neighbours. My upstairs neighbour doesn't take any nonsense, but unfortunately he's deaf, so he isn't bothered by the woke neighbour's noise. Yeah. It can be very debilitating, the noise. You know, it can. It can be very disturbing. When we first moved to Manchester in 2003, the future missus was working for a big pharmaceutical company you know she was but as an accountant she wasn't making the bloody drugs she was work- I think she was working for AstraZeneca briefly way back in 2003 on the credit team um the, the payments team basically taking payment from from uh, from big companies briefly she worked there very briefly and I was doing my thing I was doing a postgraduate degree at Salford Uni and I was doing a bit of DJing and 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 what not right and we were living in Thornton Road in Manchester. And there weren't many students living on that road, but a bunch of students moved in next door to us. They thought it was appropriate to come in after nightclubs during the week now at twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning and turn up, crank up the stereo. This is a true story. There are people who know me who know this is true. I had a word with the guy once or twice, I said, listen, I'm six o'clock in the morning riser. So is the missus. She needs to take a tram and then a bus to get to her place of work. This is not not on, this. Turning music on at two o'clock in the morning. So these were two up, two down terraced houses. So the walls were so thin, if you open up your oven, you'd find the guy next door dipping his bread into your gravy. Boom, boom. So I said to the guy once or twice, I said, look, enough now, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough, sorry about that, sorry about that, but then it would happen again. Sorry about that, sorry about that. It happened again, and then it happened one night when I'd had a pretty bad night. wasn't feeling very well. Uh, I was struggling and it happened again. in they came, and I lost it completely and went through their front door I had a baseball bat at the time, an aluminium baseball bat. I kicked their front door open it was a very flimsy wooden door. Went in, there was about 10 or 12 students, young y- young kids, and I absolutely smashed the stereo to pieces. Smashed it all over the place. And told the people involved, that if they wanted to discuss it, they could step out into the street with me, that I'd had enough. And that was the end of it. Luckily enough for me, they didn't report me to the police. I had decided that if that didn't work, basically, if they were stupid enough to do it again, I was going to torment their landlord, I was going to find out who the landlord was, or landlady, and basically turn up outside their house at three o'clock in the morning, but that it's just terrible stuff, really, and it is really debilitating, you know. Lack of sleep, that level of disturbance. I'm sure you've got your own stories uh, to tell me. Now, we've been talking about this, but I've not focused heavily on it. But we've talked about it. The well, we have talked a lot about it. Let's be honest about it. Asylum seekers arriving into the UK and to Ireland, and how those asylum seekers are being cared for, and how they are being accommodated, more importantly. Now, you might have read in the press, you might have heard it on the Richie Allen Show last week, that they plan to house 500 asylum seekers on a barge at Portland Port, which is near Weymouth, right? Now, the mayor of Portland is not happy about this, a guy called Pete Roper, and he has has described this as the equivalent of a housing estate of 500 people appearing overnight and putting pressure on local services. NHS Dorset said it was awaiting more detail on the plans from the government. Now you heard an NHS executive a few minutes ago say that junior doctors going on strike for four days is going to have routine procedures and tests cancelled, that 350,000 people might be put, uh, you, you know, you know, might lose their appointments. So this is happening all the time. There are millions on waiting lists because they turned COVID in, excuse me, they turned COVID, they turned the NHS into a COVID health service, right? So this guy, Pete Roper in Portland Port near Weymouth is saying, it's madness really to bring in a housing estate of 500 people, asylum seekers, put them on a barge it's not good. Well, his deputy was on Talk TV this morning, the deputy mayor. It got a little bit heated. She, Her name is Carolyn Parks. The presenter, his name is Kevin O'Sullivan, Talk TV. So the deputy mayor of Portland Port in Weymouth was on and um, have a listen.
11: You have this barge coming towards you. I know you've had a prison ship before, but when you get a prison ship, they're not allowed off. Now these 500 or so migrants, all young men, uh, will be allowed off uh, whenever they want. Uh, by the way, they're closing the doors of the barge, I gather, at 11pm every night. So the mind boggles as to what might happen if they get back, if a group of them get back after 11pm and can't get on board. Uh, you know, and I'm sure you're all generous-spirited people, you know, and we've got to put the migrants somewhere, I suppose. Uh, but this must, this is the impending arrival of 500 young men milling around with nothing to do every day in every way. That must be a source of concern for the local
0: residents. Right. What does Carolyn Parks, the Deputy Mayor, say to that?
4: I want to make it crystal clear that our opposition as Town Council to, to this barge is not motivated by any form of anti-asylum seeker or, or migrant sentiment If these people come here, they'll be treated with
0: decency. So what she's saying there is, we're not happy with the 500 asylum seekers arriving to be placed on the barge. It's not good. Services are not great. As it is, it's going to put, um, you know, a lot of pressure on services that are creaking already. But I want it to be known, she says, that we don't have anything against the asylum seekers, right? That's what you'd expect.
4: Courtesy and respect by our, our town council. Um, it, this is, for us, it's about housing people with...
11: Yeah, but what about, like, never mind that, Carolyn, uh, what about the well, local I'm residents? Just I've... I'm just an yeah, yeah, I know, one. okay, well, I've got go go that on board. I've got,
4: I've got, I've got that, I've got that, on. look, if you're going to be like this, what is the point?
0: You know, you're just giving me a political
11: statement about how
0: much you love asylum seekers. She didn't say she loves asylum seekers. She says she doesn't have anything against them and that they should be treated properly. But the reason we're against it, she said, is because of the burden it places on services. Just like her boss, the mayor. This is crap presenting by this Kevin O'Sullivan guy. Fine.
4: What to the I local residents? No, so, Caroline, are you going to talk to... What I've said. Well, yeah, I know is, what you've is, said. Human beings come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
11: we've done all that. What do the locals think? i just going to shout
4: about... at me. Well, because you're just saying, you're just giving me. You want, you want, to, hear, you want to hear the view of Are you going to answer my Town question? Town Are you going to answer if you my question? you're Portland Town Council, then give me an opportunity to speak. Yeah, well, you just, you're just giving me political platitudes about asylum
0: well, seekers. I
4: want to... Caroline. Carolyn. You're just shouting at me. Why are you shouting at because,
11: me? Because you're just saying you're the same me. thing. I oh. want to know what local this residents think. He's
0: shouting at her because he's a poor man's Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity. What was over there is now over here. This is the standard now of journalism in the UK. Saying
4: what you want oh. to hear.
0: Brilliant she says you're shouting at me because I'm not saying what you want to hear You're a right-wing television and radio channel You want me to come on here and bitch about the migrants I'm not doing that so you're not happy Exactly
11: No 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 you, you, you're not saying no, 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 no. anything that has any point Except you like asylum seekers What do local residents no, think? We, we want to treat people with, with decent Yeah all that yeah
4: But what happens when you've got 500 young men
11: not- You
0: never gave her a chance to answer that What does she say?
4: I've just told you what the locals think about this. No, I live here. Yeah. I've lived here for 25 years. Yeah. The people that I've I've spoken to are appalled at the, the fact that there may be five hundred yeah, exactly. human beings put in Portland Port. Quite. And by, by the way, you, you say that they're they're supposed to be allowed on on an, an off the port. The last time I went to Portland Port, yeah. I had to have an appointment. I had to take my passport interesting. and interesting look right. in a limited area with a lanyard. Yeah. So I don't see how this, this free access on and on and off the this barge is, is gonna work. I I, I don't see how that, that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Carolyn Parks there, the deputy mayor of Portland Port, speaking to Talk T V five minutes past the air. This is gonna get spicy, isn't it? In in the coming weeks and months, it's going to get spicy and you're going to see violence, I reckon. Real violence, I reckon. I, I, I don't approve of it. I think it's dreadful. But you, 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 you might also see violence being provoked by the authorities. Baird asks, how many migrants arrive every week? How many barges will we need for this? Like one every week turning up at every port in England until all the ports are full. Then maybe, what, zeppelins in the sky? Asks Baird, maybe... And Backbeat says, uh, housing migrants on a barge puts me in mind of the prison ship from which Abel Magwitch escaped in great expectations. Are we regressing, Richie? Hmm. Wayne once lived in a flat in a house conversion with thin walls. The guy next door was playing extremely loud music, 24 hours a day for months. At one stage, I was sleeping in the kitchen to escape it. It went on for months and occupied every moment's thought, to the extent that one day, whilst not concentrating, I stepped out in front of a car and could easily have died. After things became violent, the police got involved. Soon after, I moved. The thoughtless behaviour of others can so easily spiral out of control and ruin lives, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. There is nothing worse than it. And I experienced it. It's not going on my highlight reel. It's not something I'll be writing about in my memoirs if I ever write my memoirs. You know, breaking into a house at two o'clock in the morning, scaring the shit out of a bunch of half-stone students. Not going to be on my highlight reel, really. But I was left with little option. You couldn't phone the police back then because the police didn't give a damn. You know, you ring the local police station, you obviously cannot ring 999 because they will do you for that, because it isn't an emergency. So you ring the police station and say, listen, I'm having trouble. Listen to that. They don't care. Nothing we can do about it. It's a civil matter. Report it to the landlord. You can never find the landlord or landlady. You can never find them to say, listen, your tenants are behaving like arseholes. We're working people and we need to, you know, get a decent night's kip. And this is not one night a week. You know, we could put the earplugs in one night a week even though they wouldn't work. This is like three, four nights a week, these students. we, You know, and I was a student once, but I never did that. Ever did that. Did I impose myself on people like that? Eight minutes past the air. That got you ranting at me this afternoon. The Richie Allen Show, Easter Monday, the 10th of April, 2023. He nearly said 2022 there. God, he nearly said 2022. Let me go from that issue to female-only spaces as an issue, because this is also important. Suella Braverman is the Home Secretary, bit of an idiot, as we said, and said last week that legislation will protect female-only spaces, that is, spaces for biological females, for women, for biological women, right? Uh, And... This legislation will keep men who identify as women out of these spaces when women don't feel safe. Now, Natasha Devon is a part-time presenter for LBC Radio. Describes herself as an LGBTQ plus ally. I don't know about her sexuality. I don't care. Uh, She's a wretched presenter. She had a woman on called Abigail yesterday. Abigail is a biological woman, a real woman, who says, let the trans people go wherever they like. Okay, fair enough. That's our opinion. Fair enough. No problem with that. Then George phoned in. Listen to how this conversation develops. I
12: absolutely, genuinely have nothing against trans women. I absolutely don't.
0: He doesn't have anything against the trans women.
12: I mean, I'm too old to worry about what people want to do in their free time, what they want to call themselves. It's not my business, okay? It's absolutely not. Why can't we
0: have a trans toilet? That's not unreasonable. I'm a bit old, says George. He's an older guy, so he can't be getting his head around any of this. Don't have anything against trans women. Why don't we just have a trans toilet and a trans changing room then?
13: Abigail, do you want to answer that question?
0: So this is Abigail, the biological woman who thinks the trans women should do whatever they want. So, right,
13: listen to me, right? I'm a woman, yeah? I'm not
5: a man. So why I don't care that a trans woman wants to use the toilet, and actually I'm quite offensive that all these men ring up because they want to speak on behalf of me. I'm not needing you to speak on behalf of me.
0: But, but but he didn't ring in to speak on behalf of Abigail. He rang in to suggest a third toilet, a trans toilet.
5: Because I, I don't see trans question. women as a threat.
12: Because they
13: don't need question. to. Because
12: I, can't I don't the house see them a trans toilet.
13: Because why should trans women They're have to out themselves every time they want to pee? They're
0: Oh the presenter asks why should trans women have to out themselves every time they want to pee? Trans women out themselves by being trans women, don't they? Like we when when you see a man dresses as a woman, you pretty much know it's a man dresses as a woman. So they're not outing themselves by going to the toilet. They outed themselves the minute they walked out the fucking door and got into the taxi, right? Okay,
12: fair. so why does women fair. have to put up with trans men in the toilet when you can simply change it by having a third toilet? That would solve the debate completely.
0: Brilliant, brilliant point by, by George there. Why should women put up with it? Why should women have to put up with men coming into their toilets? Why don't you just solve this problem by creating a third toilet for the trans People. Good question. It wouldn't be
12: a problem. I'm not sure why you're against having a trans toilet because, then, because women called and would be stayed, Because if be I if
13: I'm debate. a trans woman, why should I have to out myself as a trans woman if I'm in a bar or a cafe if I just okay. happen to want a okay. pee?
12: So so why should cis females or females have their spaces invaded by trans
0: women? Why men.
13: But that's been, been that's been happening, happening for de- that's it. been happening for decades, people have been able to go in whatever Still bathroom matches.
12: My question, answer my question. Why should cis women or females have their spaces invaded by trans trans know, men know. who want to use the women's toilets? Why can't they have their own toilets? Exactly.
0: If biological women are uncomfortable with men dressed as women coming into their personal spaces, th- they have a right to be heard, don't they? Surely have a right to be heard. And maybe a solution is to get a third toilet for trans people and everybody is happy. It's trans women, not trans men. Trans, trans- women, Would well, you put yeah. have both. Yeah, you can, but not
13: not both of them are going into the women's space. It's trans women that want to go into women's spaces. Okay,
12: so why do they want to go into women's spaces when they can have their own toilet? Simple solution to it. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Have a separate toilet.
0: I said the presenter was wretched, didn't I? Natasha Devon. I used to be, I used to run, I used to be a programme controller, you see. People used to have to listen to me. Presenters. And I also trained presenters in coached presenters for City & Guilds, I did it for FOSS in Ireland. Um, I'm somebody who knows a bit about how to present and produce radio shows. Listen to this bint, Natasha Devon what she says next. George is pretty reasonable as far as I heard anyway.
13: Thank you both. Do uh, do, do you know what you remind me of,
0: George? What does George remind her of?
13: I was having a debate when I was about 15 with, uh, let's call it him a homophobe because that's what he was. And he said that he thought that gay men should have a separate changing room to straight men because he wasn't comfortable with the idea of undressing in front of somebody who might potentially find him attractive.
0: What's that got to do with George? What has it to do with George that you met a guy when you were 15 who said he was uncomfortable with gay men using changing rooms because he might feel that the gay man was attracted to him? What has that got to do with George?
13: And I found that argument pretty gross back then and I find your argument gross now.
0: Rubbish. And then she hung up on him. I'd fire her. Get her off the airwaves. This is garbage. Dressed up as as news, as journalism. You know... At, at, at some level, you could make a legal argument there that having, having said to him, completely misrepresented what he was saying, that he might have a case against her, but, but probably not. Uh, 14 minutes past the hour, not, of course, because his full name isn't given and nobody could probably identify him from the programme. But isn't that just absolute nonsense? From LBC, 14 minutes past the hour, The Richie Allen Show, Easter Monday... It's a great Easter Monday, so it is. Got about uh, 15 minutes to go. Do keep your messages coming in. I would love to hear them. Aaron came back on to say, I work at a college. They are placing signs on all bathroom doors saying, quote, use whichever bathroom you feel comfortable with, end quote. I'm not comfortable with this, says Aaron. I've always said the solution is to have private toilets instead of stalls. What is the problem with that. That sounds pretty reasonable to me, Aaron, to be honest. And Scottish Al says, it's nonsense that women should be referred to as biological women. There are women and then there are men and there are men who play dress up and pretend to be a woman. Very good. Yeah. On the noise, Backbeat says, a civil matter, this somehow doesn't prevent rent-a-Bobby the Met, accompanying the bottom-feeding debt agents when intimidating those who are in debt. You're right. Exactly. That's a very good point. 100%. Lucy56 says, I called the police many, many times. Nothing. I was told the council took the responsibility back, or they were given the responsibility back, so I had to contact the council to complain. It is a joke, says Lucy. Lucy. And Trish C has come on. Hi, Trish. My my granny used to make us gollywog dolls when we were young and we loved them. This was when people didn't have actual money and were more self-sufficient, and spent free time, or any free time they did have, doing constructive or kind things, like making gollywog dolls for their grandchildren. Put the gollywog back on the marmalade jar, that's what I say, says Trish C. Thank you so much for that, Trish. Lovely to hear from you this afternoon. 16 minutes past the hour. Time for another tune. It's Janis Joplin this time. And me and Bobby McGee. Yeah, like this. Busted flat. I'm
2: gonna buy it. To all the listeners who have become loyal customers of Immunex 365 since we launched in October last year, we would like to say a big thank you. Because of your continued support, we have been able to introduce our second product. This unique supplement is formulated specifically to reduce pain caused by joint inflammation. Our organic turmeric-based supplement contains a substantial amount of the active ingredient curcumin, as well as a black pepper extract which massively increases its bioavailability and thereby reaching the inflammation. Area faster. If you are suffering from joint pain, go to nutrahealth365.com for specific details on how our joint health supplement can help give you relief. That's nutrahealth365.com with free tracked delivery.
1: The Richie Allen Show is the world's most popular independent news radio show. Listen on demand via your regular podcast provider.
0: And it's just gone past 19 minutes past the hour. Monday's programme, Easter Monday. This will be repeated at 5pm. Not before then, in case you came in on the end of it there, which is possible. Okay, so it'll be repeated at 5pm this Monday. I'm back with you tomorrow at 5 o'clock UK time for Tuesday's programme. Mark Bayerski will drop in around about 5.30 for an extended conversation. I'm looking forward to that. Top man, he is. Lovely. So, uh, just a couple more of your comments then. Let me read out some more of your comments there. Um, Dean says, the more of this trans stuff is publicised and accepted, the more the predators will use it to their advantage. Why are actual women not kicking off more? I guarantee Nike will change their ways as soon as the free market makes it clear that ninety-nine percent of the female customers have common freaking sense, Dean. Thanks so much for that, Dean. Yeah. Uh, let me scroll down. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much up to date with the comments. This is something I wasn't going to do today. I was going to leave this for maybe for tomorrow, but it—I'll—I'll I'll play this. It drives me mad. This, you know, I'm a football fan. I have been my entire life. I love the game. I've gone back this season. I began. I, I I signed up to the membership at Manchester United and began to return to Old Trafford at the very beginning of the season. I've been to quite a few games at home this season, and I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm enjoying. Most of I tell you what I'm enjoying. Being being out amongst people and chatting to people before the game, at half time, just being with people, perfect strangers, you have a bit of a crack, bit of a chat, and then you go your separate ways. You might never see one another ever again. On Saturday morning I went to the Everton game Saturday lunchtime and sat with Paul from Harrow. I ended up sitting in his son's seat because his son couldn't make the game. So the ticket went On the website on Saturday morning, I picked it up. Coincidentally, I'm chatting with Paul, lovely guy, we had a right good chat, and all of that. So, so I've enjoyed going back, and I love my football, but um, there is something that annoys me. And rather than me going to a long-winded explanation of what it is that annoys me, let me play you something from BBC Radio Five breakfast programme this morning and you'll understand what it is that annoys me when you hear it. 18 minutes past
11: six late drama at Anfield in the Premier League.
7: Alexander-Arnold away from Zinchenko by the byline crosses the ball towards the far
0: So, Liverpool 2-2 with Arsenal. Yesterday, I mentioned it earlier because the assistant referee appeared to have elbowed Andy Robertson, but that's not what this is about. So, he's played a little clip. So, Liverpool drew with Arsenal. Oof.
11: Well, it's something it was uh, that Roberto Firmino's equaliser for Liverpool cuts Arsenal lead at the top of the Premier League to six points. City with a game in hand, the title race wide open, Uh, a fiery, intense 2 all draw at Anfield. Earlier in the day as well, unbelievable stuff at Ellen Road. Crystal Palace producing an incredible second-half performance uh, to absolutely wallop Leeds 5-1. Let's speak to Arsenal fan Laura Kirk. Hey, Laura. Morning, guys. Laura. Morning and uh, Crystal Palace fan Holly Scott as well.
0: Hello Holly. Hello Holly.
9: Good morning.
0: Good morning. Good morning. And we'll come to you in just. Good morning a- Holly. Just a second. And that's what it is. That's what it is right there. It takes very little to annoy me. I don't get angry easily, but this—don't swear, Baldy—pisses me off. And Laura and Holly this morning are not the exception, they are the rule. If you listen to a BBC current affairs radio show these days, more often than not, when they go to members of the public to get their opinion on the football that has transpired over the weekend, it's women. It is two women. Not a woman and a man, but it is two women. And I've done a bit of looking into statistics around how um y- you know the the percentage of women overall who are likely to attend football as opposed to watch it live on the television and you're looking at as far as women go about 2 in 10 women are likely to be interested in football or soccer at all about 2 in 10 it's about 6.7 or 6.8 men likely to be interested in football. That's interesting now. The statistics get more interesting when you look at who is more likely to go and watch games. It's 74% men and about 26% women are thereabouts. Don't think for a minute that there is a misogynistic streak running through your Baldy gammon or this programme. There is not. On Wednesday night last, I sat at the Brentford game alongside a woman and her two teenage sons, and we had cri- quite the crack chatting away because the game was as boring as watching paint dry on a wall. I've no problems with women going to football. I've no problem speaking with women about football. I wish sometimes that my missus had a bit more interest in football because it would be nice for her to in it, for me, it would be nice for me, for her to, in a te- to attend a game with me. I'd put my teeth in. Yeah, it would be nice on occasion. For me, I would enjoy if she was to say, yeah, I'll go along with you. We'll make a day of it. So that's not it at all. It's this level of programming, this level of bullshit from the BBC. It's every morning. Because there is a football game every night. So the following morning it's, let's hear from a Brentford fan and from a Southampton fan, and it's Mary and Sarah. This nonsense from the BBC, which pisses me off. And it makes me angry. And it's the manipulation, it's the suggestion that it's somehow good for me that I am exposed to hearing female voices talk about football on the radio every morning of the week, because I am a misogynist. I need to be educated. And I need to be forced into listening to women and their opinions. It properly pisses me off. <laughs> if that's all you have to worry about, Gammon, yeah, I know. There are more important things to worry about. I will give you that. But that pisses me the hell off, so it does. Come when I tell you, that's, um... Nelly says, my, my father was a black and white minstrel. He was a six-foot-tall golly not a racist bone in any of the minstrels says Nelly we've got to hear that clip again from Harry Miller the former cop because it's brilliant
7: gollies cannot commit a hate crime
0: gollies cannot commit a hate crime
7: they cannot you cannot be a golly and commit a hate crime you cannot own a golly and that's be a hate right. crime
0: well yeah but sadly not everybody thinks like Harry Miller, the former cop. That is it for Monday's programme. Thank you so much for finding me. If you came in on the end of it, the programme will begin repeating at 5pm this afternoon, UK time, BST. I'm back tomorrow, Tuesday, with uh, Mark Boyerski Extended conversation with him. And I've got guests booked in Wednesday and Thursday this week as well. It promises to be a busy week at the BBG Towers. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday Monday. And thanks again. It's been a pleasure to be with you this lunchtime. Speak soon. Bye.